Welcome to the Guy at the Movies podcast, episode 169. Nick has joined us once again for the epic return from paternity leave of math teacher movies himself. Sean, how are you? As my dog just starts barking now at the response of my baby crying, because that's just what it's been here. <laughs> I'm doing great. Fatherhood <laughs> is wonderful. Um, it's fantastic. Um, that little baby's lovely. She's a great movie watching partner. Um, little Sheridan. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been a crazy whirlwind of a time. Uh, but uh, I was able to see still plenty of movies, surprisingly. Um, definitely most of them from my couch, but uh, <laughs> still able to get to the theater, which was pretty good. There was a picture I think Sam posted maybe like three weeks ago, and you were on the couch holding the baby with like your phone up watching on your phone and i was like yes sean go for it that's what the night feedings are i have like the little like phone stand and i just put it on <laughs> and i'm watching whatever i can like watch like get, getting in like you know three or four hours of content at night so <laughs> like in, in some ways fatherhood was made for me because you do end up like just watching a lot more tv and movies. <laughs> sean you have like the influencer set up for tiktok but it's for baby feeding like i love the first time i did it like sam woke up later and saw like the chair the, the bottles and then that it's like yep okay he's, he's found his niche <laughs> the parents will make do right you make it work we'll figure uh, it out well once again i i've said it to you offline multiple times but congratulations to you and sam and we're happy to have you back uh and welcome sheridan into the family nick welcome back yourself we are recording at a normal time for all of us which is very weird there's daylight outside. It's so <laughs> fucking weird. I'm not used to this. I don't talk during the day. Uh, but no, thank you for having me back. And thank you, obviously, Sean, for letting me jump on while you've been away as well. Um, obviously, I was never going to reach the heights that you do for the fan base. But um, I've, I've definitely, people have stopped listening because I, I've been hearing the outlandish shit that I have to say. If, uh, if one thing, there was one listener and it was me because I can't stand listening to my own self-talk. So there was one extra listener with me yeah. there and um, I was enjoying your quite amazing takes and your futuristic predictions as well. <laughs> so it was, it was a lovely time. And thank you for stepping in for me um, during my prolonged paternity leave. Cause I did take, I, I, I like was very stressed about the upcoming fatherhood. And so I took like about a month off beforehand just cause I was like, I can't really do much um, like this anymore. And um, you know, it turns <laughs> out when you have your kid though, the anxiety just triples. Um, so, like, it's like, everyone's like oh when you have your kid your anxiety is just gonna float away and i was like not mine i've got a special breed and it is just as bad i've got a special breed <laughs> uh well sean you listened over paternity leave so you're aware that uh sean is nostradamus i mean nick is nostradamus for us uh and gives us dispatches from the future in australia uh, Nick, what do you have for us? Well, it's actually quite related. It's very topical in regards to uh, pregnancy and maternity and paternity because obviously now Sean and, and, and his partner have a, a new baby in the world, but there's actually been an incredibly high increase in percentage of pregnancies just all around over the Christmas and New Year's period. And actually scientists had to have a look into it because it was that intense. And it wasn't because people were, you know, having a, a fun time on Christmas and New Year's. Uh, it was anyone but you. It's people literally watching Glenn Powell and Sydney Sweeney on screen 
got pregnant because of how goddamn sexy and hot that movie is. Uh, men were pregnant. Women, pregnant. All genders are now pregnant because of how goddamn sexy and hot those two are on screen. It's absolutely baffling. So uh, we're going to have a lot of... Uh, a lot of what would it be September, August, September babies, uh, and they're all going to look like Glenn Powell and Sydney Sweeney. It's it's ridiculous. It's crazy. So, you know, it's funny. Just with your accent alone, I imagine you on the back of a truck in the crimson, Chris Hemsworth hair um, beard in the new Furiosa trailer, <laughs> where you're just like everybody's pregnant now. <laughs> and it's just like, and just like, all right, well, that's an interesting development there. <laughs> It's very Australian. Actually, that was the second piece of news I uh, have been cast in Furious, actually, sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, well, listen, you can't ask for two uh, hotter reasons to become impregnated. <laughs> I mean, they are, feel they it, are hot I thought, it, I thought it was a food baby over Christmas, but now I'm starting to think that Glenn Powell really had an effect on me. I'm starting to think so. This is it's frustratingly is. hot, though. It's kind of like, you know, the double black diamond in skiing, where it's like, I'm not even going to try for that. Like, I'm, like I, I'll just, I'll just embarrass myself so they can just look beautiful on their own over there, and I'll be in the back eating the popcorn. So that's, that's gonna be my birthday. <laughs> that was all of us, right? We're, we were in the back, we're like, mm, yeah, shoveling butter popcorn while yum. I see that amazing shower scene. Like, oh, well, <laughs> damn, I bet I could look like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's a good one, Nick. Any, any other future happenings here? Well, look, the only other one that the only one that I did have, and it didn't actually work out to be that funny of a joke. So if you want to hear it, we can hit it. It's up to you guys. Does um, fatherhood gonna... get easier? Because <laughs> I'm hoping that's what is that something in the future there? <laughs> if you can hear it's bath time right now. And every time I give her a bath, um, she screams like, you know, like I'm Jason Clark at the beginning of Zero Dark Thirty. She just, <laughs> it's just like, she's just like, it's like bath time. Why is this bad? <laughs> Do you like scream back? <laughs> You're like, ah, ah. Well, no, I'm, I, I try to like sing some songs and stuff, but that definitely doesn't work. <laughs> oh, God. Oh man, Nick, what do you got? What else? I was, well, we can workshop some news live if you want. Because I was trying to work out a bit about the Safty brothers splitting oh. up, uh, which is obviously incredibly. I mean, makes sense that news. And I was trying to come up with a way that a joke that wasn't necessarily just incest or uh, had to do with, <laughs> sorry, Joe, uh, and had to do with uh, uncut gems, right? With yeah, with Julia Fox being the muse. So if we got any, if we can workshop a live bit here, oh. this is great for the Instagram audience. But I was racking my brain all night and trying to come up with a good news story for the safety brothers splitting up something with just... like adam sandler coming in between them or something i was try i was gonna try and do like a was yeah was adam sandler like what's he gonna do now like a child of divorce sort of thing i don't know but hey <laughs> this bit's fallen flat let's move on to the next one. <laughs> oh yeah did they really break up it like just was announced yeah it's oh, like yeah wow. I mean, they were like doing solo projects anyway, and then Benny Safdie turns out to be an exceptional actor in like eight different Everything. projects this year, including right. The Curse, which is a really, really hard watch. <laughs> like, I, I oh, get yeah. like really uncomfortable throughout that whole show, but he's were exceptional. You a fan, were it. you a Nathan for you fan, Sean? Did you ever watch Nathan for you? And stuff? I only watched a little bit of Nathan for you. I did watch his other one, The Rehearsal, which was right. just uh, absolutely batshit. Incredible. <laughs> so, so it's yeah. like he managed to fictionalize how awkward it is mm. to watch those shows. Like the uncomfortability oh you feel in Nathan Few in the rehearsal, he's managed to like put to screen in drama form. And that recent scene with Emma Stone, 
uh, where she, I can't remember what they were arguing about, but the argument scene was one of the most awkward. Just I was cringing. So it's such a great show. It's it's amazing. Like it, its job is to make me feel horrific, and that <laughs> that that almost counts against it a little bit because I do really just like feel like so horrible after like every time. It's there- so awkward. So there was that, um, this is completely off the beaten path, but you'll get the connection in a second. There was the uh, incident in a Senate hearing room in the United States. uh, (laughs) I did hear about this. Jay Snapper had a little bit of fun, but there was, uh, was that meme or that, that meme with uh, the video of Emma Stone, was that from the curse where she's walking and she like slips on something and she goes, huh, lube or something. That's the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they were they were saying like, oh, senators walking into the Senate hearing room. <laughs> Lube. <laughs> oh man. Well, listen, Nick. Uh, definitely appreciate that news from the future. Uh, you are Anytime. a day further in this uh, 2024 year of Saltburn. Um, I am very happy that we have you back to talk. Uh, more with us in the, uh, you know, the coming segments that we have. But before we move on to that, in honor of Sean returning, we are going to do a giveaway today. And we're giving away a digital code for Oppenheimer. How do you win, you may be asking. Here's how you win. When this episode drops on Tuesday, be sure to listen and leave a review wherever you listen. Spotify, Apple, Overcast, whatever it may be. Uh, screenshot that review and send it either to Guy at the Movies on Instagram or to Guy at the Movies one at gmail.com. And you will be entered Gmail. Yes, gmail.com. I don't know why I like stuttered over that. Uh, you will be entered to win. The winner will be randomly selected on next week's episode. The recording will happen on Monday the 15th and will release on Tuesday the 16th. May the best cinephile win. Uh, so that's fun. Oppenheimer. <laughs> that came I mean, out. Hey, we're going to be talking about that today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we yeah d- wait we did talk about that i'm like when did that oh, come no out? no no i mean like yeah that, not 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 in yes, the movies yes. we haven't seen yet but i'm like i don't remember the last movie you and i talked about on the pod because we it's text actually, about all these a, there, there's by the way there's a lot so we <laughs> won't be able to cover all of them but uh, we'll try to get a smattering because we, it was the worst time like you know i decided to take the leave like mid-october or like around november where it's like oh all the good movies are coming out now well, you couldn't have planned for that, so yeah, I guess not. <laughs> uh, Sean, that's a great segue here. Tell us over your paternity leave, the month prior to Sheridan arriving, since then, when you found time to watch these movies, what has been tickling your fancy, if you will? I mean, I I just want to reiterate what you guys talked about on one of the pods, so we don't have to belabor it. But the holdovers was fantastic. Um, it was one of Payne's best, one of Giamatti's best performances. It really was like a just absolutely fantastic movie. Um, so I I really love that one, and I love like the audience rallying around that one, where just everyone really does love that one a lot. Um, one two that I want to talk about that are really interesting for me. Um, one of them is Maestro, and I remember when watching Maestro. Um, all of a sudden an hour and a half went by in the fastest way possible. And I remember turning to my wife and saying, there's no plot in this movie. Is there and we're like, <laughs> no, there hasn't really been a plot at all, but we, we watched that whole thing. It went by like nothing. It was a beautiful film. And so I'm sort of torn by it where I'm like this film that does not have a plot. Really. There's no like conflict with the exception of the relationship that they have and everything flew by like nothing was absolutely beautiful it was like an amazingly beautiful piece and so i still loved it i was just so confused by like you know if people disliked it like 
uh, Sam did not like it at all. And I'm like, I get it. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I, cause I don't know what it was. I think it was just like the, the, it was a fascinating look at something. And, you know, the performances were exceptional. The actual direction and image was except, exceptional. Just a strange script that, uh, you know, like I, I don't know what it was going for, but it still worked for me. Two hours flew by. Um, yeah. I, I, I kind of, wanna... yeah, well, I kind of felt that way too when I first saw it. Like I, I remember that's one that I sat with a little bit after I watched it because immediately I was like, the performances are fantastic. And I walked out of there being like, you know, I'm going to start the Instagram account for Carrie Mulligan at the Oscars. Um, I think she was fantastic. Uh, mm. But Cooper was also fantastic. And the direction was fantastic. And there, it, when I started thinking about what I didn't like about it, I ended up comparing it to his previous work of, uh, you know, A Star is Born. And that's, I think, a more widely appealing film. Yeah. Um, but this was just, it was a well-told story. I mean, it wasn't, I, I what I realized at the end of it is I, I'm not the biggest fan of, you know, the subject, right? Like I didn't know anything about the guy coming in. Mm-hmm. Fascinating story. Don't know that I would like ever, you know, research again, or I'm not going on a deep dive of like orchestras and conductors and musicians in that realm. Um, but just for what it was, it was very well put together. Yeah. That, yeah, it, it it's still like he's just an absolute auteur of cinema. Like he's really just, and in this one, you could tell this was his sophomore hit and we get a lot of those right now, especially with like bottoms where it's like, oh, they weren't told no at all. And yeah. sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes it's a bad thing. And I think for the most part with this one, it was a good thing. Um, but uh, the other one I saw, um, I don't know if you saw seen this one. I don't know if we talked about this, but um, The Boy and the Heron, um, where uh, I... Um, I, I, I love this. Um, if you ask me to explain it, I won't be able to explain it. To you. <laughs> I won't like. There, there's a parakeet army. Dave Batista plays the parakeet general, who's like a fascist parakeet <laughs> general by the end. So if you're gonna if you're gonna ask me, like I, I can't explain um, a Hayao Miyazaki film. Um, I couldn't explain Spirited Away. Someone try to explain that one or try to like parcel that one out, and you could come up with some stuff if you want to. But it's it's but it was just this beautiful animation. And it was just this otherworldly, and you're getting Miyazaki, so you're getting fantasy worlds, and you're getting anti-war, and it's just mm. like it really was emotionally hitting, and I loved it. I really did love that movie, and I, I walked out saying like, I think I'm going to give it a B because I didn't totally understand it. Then I kept on thinking about it, and I'm like, I don't think I needed to totally understand this because I felt amazing after. And yeah. um, I mean, I, I will say this: you you start in the uh, uh, account for uh, Carrie Mulligan's Best Actress. I'm starting best original score for that movie. Oh, was that score. It, it, when it got the Globe nomination, I said, please just get to the Oscars. Because I know that, like, Oppenheimer is probably going to blow it out. So, like, right on. But And that's deserving. <laughs> but, my God, was that score. It's just a simple piano score that just uplifts you. Um, Miyazaki, uh, like, he's, like, 80 years old. And he chain smokes like a motherfucker. But he <laughs> says he's going to, like, make another movie in, like, another 10 years. And I'm like, buddy, I don't know, dude. Like, <laughs> Maybe put a cigarette down occasionally. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny that this guy is like such a contradiction where he makes these amazing like children's movies and these fantasies and he's just an absolute like miserable person. And I I think that you, you, you catch that in these as well. And I, I I was just kind of blown away by this. I, did you see this one or? I didn't. I missed it. I missed it. Nick, I know you saw it. Yeah, Yeah. I'm so curious, like with, Joe's take on it because he's just going to be like I, I don't know what the hell's going on in this damn movie so I have a feeling you'll have that part of it there the only reason I, was I ha- the exact same to be fair though like I had no idea what was going on but <laughs> I was completely enamored for two yeah. hours I was yeah. taken on the journey for sure 
the only reason I haven't watched yet is because my like recently my time frame for watching a movie is like at night, like after nine o'clock mm -hmm. when I'm laying in bed. And every time that I thought about watching that at night, I was like, I feel like I really have to be focused. Like, not that I'm not focused watching other things, but I feel like this is going to really demand a lot of my attention right now. And I don't want to get halfway through and be like, I'm tired. And then I don't like it because I was tired. Um, mm -hmm. And here we are the, uh... three months later. <laughs> Do you have the screener of the dubbed version or the subbed version? The dubbed version. So this is, this is like, I always am I, someone I that's against everything that's dubbed. I think dubbed is terrible until you do a Miyazaki dubbed film. Those are the only things that are good dubbed because yeah. honestly, like, while I don't mind reading subtitles in other films, I want to like experience the visuals of that. Mm -hmm. And also like all other dub stuff really genuinely sucks. Like they get bad actors. They get like, they don't do a good job dubbing it at all. This is mm -hmm. one of the ones where they really work hard. Even like the lips match up. They like make sure like the dub version is yeah. beautiful. <laughs> like, so um, I, I will say dub versions for Miyazaki movies are the only time I'll accept it. Would you say it's a dub? It's a, oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's what for those kids out there. Yeah. <laughs> We've got that lingo down. <laughs> Did you pick that it was Robert Pattinson was um I was, I was I was told beforehand that it was Robert okay. Pattinson. Okay. So I, I was told and I still didn't believe it when I was watching it. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm my leg's getting pulled here. That's that's bullshit. That's not him. But he was it's like that's I agree with you. It's the exact reason I only watch Miyazaki dubs is because when you got people like Pattinson, Willem Dafoe, Florence Pugh, Christian Bale putting in performances like that, you're kind of like, that's pretty fucking good. It's just so good. And like, yeah, Bale is amazing in it. Like I, like he's really good in it. And um, I, I just think that like they, they work hard on it. I think the only bad thing that they Americanized was the title sucks. Um, the title. Yes. I've, I've read that story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, how do you live is just such a better title. It like actually works with what's going on there. Um, it works with the entire like, whole like what he's doing is his swan song um hmm. and that was the other part of it is everyone like is complaining that you know this was this miyazaki's last film was supposed to be the wind rises and that was a way better one to go out on and i'm like yeah kind of but oh. like this one is still a really good one to go out on where he's considering passing the torch and once again he's saying he's going to animate another one I honestly don't know about this though. Like, <laughs> these oxygenarians that are just like, I've got another one in the belt. Let's go. It's like, guys, just go to bed. <laughs> Looking at you, Scorsese. Um, <laughs> Looking at, look at you, Ridley Scott. Doesn't he have like yeah, seven films coming out next year? Like, three more coming out next year. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Um, yeah, I still haven't watched that one. Was I may miss this, but was Pattinson like doing a voice, or was it just doing altered? Me. Okay, yeah. So I and you, try, you so if you know. don't know who he's playing right now, don't look anything up and see yeah. if you'll be able to spot him. You just told me. Oh, do we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. A portion of me is asleep right now. <laughs> so just remember that for the future pods. You saw Nice Wind too? Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, listen, I, I do really want to watch that, uh, and I'm hoping that it doesn't alter my top 10, but uh, hey, you know, who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> um, so I'm interested too, like Nick, uh, you, I know, I know Sean's top 10 because I posted them mm. on uh, GuideToMovies.com, but Nick, your top five, let's go there. I'm very interested yeah. in your top five of 2024, and I'm 95% sure that I read them or saw them and totally forget them. <laughs> That makes this even better then, because no, it, it's definitely out there. There's there is a list out there somewhere in the internet of my favorite uh, films. I do want to my number, my actual number five is I'm going to make it an honorable mention because it only played at a film festival here 
in Australia, and I think it's getting a release in 2024 around the world. But it's an Australian film called Bird Eater, and it's a feature film directorial debut from two co-directors, Jack Clark and Jim Weir. And the basic premise is imagine if uh, you would call it a bachelor party. We call it Bucks parties here. Imagine if you took your fiancé to your Bucks party and then <laughs> shit hit the fan. And it is one of the most anxiety-inducing tension filled most like uncomfortable i've been in a cinema in a long time because it's this dissection of toxic relationships both friendships and romantic relationships and it's just done in a very ethereal way very it's just it's a it's an incredibly energetic film uh the fact that it's like a feature film directorial debut from these two guys is unreal and it, it caught me by surprise the most. So I'm chucking that. That was my number five, but that's going to be an honorable mention for this. I list. have two comments. One, yeah. a Bucks party. Yep. I kind of okay. like that better. Um, it's like it's a Stag is party and Stag's like, it's yeah. yeah there, so. there we go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm seeing right now. Stag, uh, stag night, Bucks night. Stag do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Bucks party. party is what we call it here. Yeah. And then uh, Australia really loves its dual directors, huh? I was going to say, talk to me. Yeah. They're. <laughs> I actually we work, to... we work better together, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we, we like shifting responsibility to someone else. One of those uh, directors' names is Jim Weir. And, Jim Weir, yeah. And is Jim Weir related to Peter Weir, the other Unfor- famous Australian director? Unfortunately not, no. I, I thought that too. And I, I was like, you know what? The apple doesn't fall far from the tree, but the apple's on a completely different tree. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is Weir just like Smith over there? Is that part of it? <laughs> yeah, Weir's our Smith. <laughs> <laughs> we love a famous weir over here um so yeah that's my honorable mention but my number five is mission impossible dead reckoning part one now i just I, I feel like this is where i go like this is why i go to the movies right like it is pure cinematic escape there is it's a outlandish plot it's ridiculous action scenes it's crazy characters but i had a shitload of fun with it and i saw this movie under the worst circumstances i was coming down sick so i remember i was in the screening with like a hoodie over my head with like the tide done like all around my face and i was just sitting there going Shh, fuck this is two hours and 40 minutes long <laughs> and then they showed us a tiktok live stream of the premiere that was happening in sydney and unfortunately that went 40 minutes over time so our screening was delayed by 40 minutes and it was just not fun to watch so in my state of i'm i'm about to hit death's bed and i'm watching a tiktok live stream instead of mission impossible the everything was stacked against me for this one but i ended up really really enjoying it and um i still ended up seeing it twice that's usually a pretty good indicator of like did you like yep. something you'll watch it twice so i had a lot a lot of fun with it did you you, you saw I, this before Anyway, yeah, right it's yeah. so, i have such an interesting relationship with these movies where i think that the stunts are absolutely some of the most exceptional things in film but mm-hmm. all of the plots are just like like made in crayon and i know yeah, i'm okay. not supposed to care about the plots of these movies and i don't know why for some reason that like affects my enjoyment somewhat like there's an entire scene where they're at a party and it's like the ai is running the party and i'm like <laughs> what the fuck is going on here and i, the I, entity. I lost and so i i like i but then you know there's the amazing train sequence and i'm like okay so this is like like buster keaton levels of like classic cinema and so yeah. i'm i'm there for that kind of stuff so i fully appreciate that number five yeah uh number four was i think this one probably caught me off guard the most i didn't expect to love it as much as i did but i love an underdog story i love sports and i love nostalgia so air was my number four Mm -hmm. i had so much fun and i i i generally thought 
that I did love it because I, I was lucky enough to see it pretty early uh, for interview stuff. So I saw it before everyone was going like, well, this is the feel good underdog movie. I walked out being like, Hey, this is my feel good underdog movie. So, uh, and I think that just the scene in the backyard with Matt Damon, Viola Davis talking yeah. where she's like, what, like, what are you going to do for my son? I was like, Viola Davis is one of the best goddamn actresses working today. <laughs> so uh, I love her so much. Number three is Oppenheimer. Need Let's I just say, say is it on all of our lists for the top five? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. So, <laughs> need I say more? Uh, number two is John Wick, Chapter Four. Nice. Uh, you went I a think, very heavy action. I mean, and all orange posters, too. Now I'm starting to think about they all have <laughs> oh these God, orange yeah. tinge posters. Um, I, but again, similar to uh, it was one that I was probably, I'm a massive fan of this franchise, like many people. But I was so concerned going into not just a fourth movie in a franchise, but a fourth movie that was two hours and 45 minutes long. Yeah. And we know I'm the biggest advocate for the 90-minute movie. I love the 90-minute movie. Uh, and I was genuinely like, shit, I, I have they shit the bed on this one. And I think my jaw was on the floor from minute one to those closing, <laughs> closing scenes. And not just because it's insane action i loved like the greek tragedy shakespearean-esque story it was telling i was like this is out like this version this action film doesn't deserve this story but it completely does yeah. uh and i love where it finished and i don't want to see a john wick five but i do want to see a john wick five you know you what just I mean? beat me to it i was gonna ask <laughs> if this was the last one and we all know it's not going to be the last one because it made yeah. a killing and you know they're gonna keep going would you be satisfied Oh, absolutely. But in, in saying that, I said that about Creed 2 and I still really enjoyed Creed 3. I was like, Creed 2 to me was the end of the Rocky franchise. I was like, that's the perfect ending. And then Creed 3 comes out and I was like, maybe there's more to tell. But also Creed 3, spoiler alert, didn't kill their main character. So uh, we'll see what happens with John Wick 5. Uh, and then my favorite movie of the year, we, we did uh, already briefly mention it, another co-directed Australian piece. I saw it at Sun. I saw Talk to Me uh, for Sundance in January before all the hype. And I watched it, and when it finished, I was like, fuck, that might be my favorite movie of the year. And it just managed to stay in that spot. Like, nothing nothing else was coming even close. And I think because first-time directors, so I was like, holy shit, this is what they can pull off. It takes a genre horror, it takes a story we all know, the possession story, and does something pretty fun, energetic, and unique with it. But it actually has, a, I think, my favorite part of the film, outside of the energetic direction and, and the brutal horror, is that it has a really complex character at the core. She's not really an antagonist or a protagonist mere. She is very complicated uh, because she kind of does some really fucked up things in this movie, but the movie Talk To Me does a fantastic job of making you understand why she wants to do these things and, and the desperation and the grief that she's going through. So not only is it a fantastic drama, but it has some of the most effective creepy scenes. I mean, anyone who wasn't, grossed out by the two like real gory moments with involving a a child yeah. uh you're a sick person if you weren't <laughs> affected by that so uh talk to me um i think i said in my my top list i was like it's very rare that i watch a movie twice in a year i've seen talk to me four times in the last oh, wow. 12 months and i was like every time i was like this is brilliant so yeah talk to me is my favorite movie of the year I still remember back when I first saw Talk to Me. It wasn't at a screening uh, or a traditional like, press screening. Mm. It was a mystery movie at Regal here in the states. And That's cool. I remember like when one of those scenes that involves the kid and a wall, um, or a, 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 a ledge, or, the, the, if you will, a yeah, shelf. Yeah. 
um when that happened the number of people that walked out yeah uh and i was just so I don't blame them. <laughs> you should not do a horror movie for like the mystery one no. that's just mean yeah. <laughs> like, people need to go into a horror movie with like a specific job in mind um yeah i mean i love this uh sophia wilde the main uh, actress in this just dynamite performance she was yeah. also just in a netflix series called everything now I saw that pop has, up, yeah. Yeah, she has an eating disorder in it. And she's, once again, right. a completely different performance, but she is phenomenal in it. So and good. so she's like, so she's like a town to stay. I hope these directors um, get the bag. I know they've, like, they, they've been given this sequel, which, you know what? You can make 20 movies of these with different characters every time with just the yeah. hand going by. So just, like, have some fun with it. And, like, it works. It works as a franchise. But I do hope they get the chance to branch out and they get the back for something well, else crazy. they're connected uh, directors for the Street Fighter film. There it is. <laughs> okay, maybe not that much of a bag. Did you, did you guys ever watch their YouTube channel, the Rucka Rucka, back in the day? I, I've heard it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like They... Know they literally changed the game of how vlogs are seen because they would do vlogs, but then they would do these fictionalized elements to it where it's these 20 people, 20 people brawls. And it's just, it's ridiculous. Like it doesn't look like a, a Hollywood film sometimes, but they'll just, and they're big fans of wrestling. So they'll just be talking about their day. And then all of a sudden a character knocks on the door and they all start doing fucking WWE in their living room. And it looks great. And it has that same energy that talk to me has. So the fact that, you know, they got to branch out and do that. Um, but some of their YouTube videos, like they do call of duty in real life or Naruto in real life. And then it looks incredible. And this is what they were doing on a YouTube budget. We saw what they could do with $10 million. You know, that was what they can do with like a hundred million dollars street fighter movie. That's awesome. That's R rated too, please. <laughs> Let them go fucking oh, they'll wild. Do they'll do it. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. I hope it's better than the Mortal Kombat remake. Uh, oh, that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Sean, hit us with your top five. So my top five, um, starting off, so yeah, my apologies that my top 10 that I put in the guide to the movies, of course, changed because uh, I saw a bunch of movies. But um, I was sort of wowed by poor things. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect because the trailers were very weird. Yorgos Lanthimos is one sick puppy. Like, no matter what he does, he's just a messed up dude. And like then all of a sudden, this got this insanely great reception at film festivals. And I was like, oh, so this is going to be pretty good. I thought it was just going to be too weird. And it's interesting about how to even interpret it but it has this intellectual dive of feminism where this one character is a woman we watch her growing up mentally before our eyes um with this really just like fucked premise um of like uh, a pregnant woman committing suicide and then her taking the infant skull infant baby and putting it in the that's just like it's really messed up and Frankenstein, it's, it's and and it works so well. And Emma Stone is like it's her best performance. All of a sudden, like it just rocketed to the top, and not just for like the like crazy eccentricities at the beginning, but for the subtle growth this character shows throughout, where like she just steadily grows her intellect up, and how she experiences so many different men throughout. And there's some that are good. There's some that are bad. There's some that are in between. There's some that are just stupid, like Ruffalo. And I think that, like, it's just this really goofy, silly movie that, like, kind of has this amazing visual style that it's like, oh, this is from a different time, but it's also from a different world. And Mm. I didn't know exactly how to, like, read that. And I don't think you're exactly supposed to have a specific read on it, kind of like Boy and the Heron, where I don't know exactly where I put it. But it it was fantastic. 
it's funny with poor. Oh, so when I saw poor things in my head, I was like, Sean's going to love this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I honestly really enjoyed it. I, there's a, a couple things that I take issue with or like, you know, could critique. Um, but Emma Stone was fantastic. And this is also the most straightforward and simplistic Yorgos story, in my opinion. It's so, yeah. it's pretty much like what it is, you know, like it's 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 not like any of the other. I mean, it's weird in a lot of ways, but it's also familiar because it's based in the the type of story that we're familiar when you're telling a Frankenstein story. So, um, yeah, I just it, it was really well done all around. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just want to like Willem Dafoe did an interview where uh, they like, you know, the interviewer calls him a mad scientist and he takes like almost offense to it. And he's like, no, no, I'm not a mad scientist. Like, I don't want to see myself as that. And that's where I'm like, oh, he understands what his character is. Like, he's not this mad scientist. He's this incredibly hurt human who then like is like all of a sudden um, working on a different level. Um, and I oh, I loved it. But um, my number four is a documentary that I like texted you, Joe, while this I, I said this was just amazing. And I I, I, I don't know what the Oscars are going to be like. And I don't want to be in the world where this doesn't get the winner for best documentary. But I know that like like Oscars can be weird. So I'll accept that American symphony was just jaw droppingly amazing. Um, just from the levels of where, you know, in the first few scenes, we, we find out his wife has leukemia. And so I'm like, Oh, I know where this is going. This is going to be hugely emotional throughout. And it is, but how it mixes that with the struggling artist portion of him, this guy wins the Grammy for best album. And the next day he's not recognized at the airport by the shoe shine guy. And so like he, he's reading his criticisms and everything. And I love, and this is what um, uh, the uh, John Batiste, um, who's just a spectacular musician. He was the uh, band leader of uh, Colbert and he uh, left there and he like, this is all centered around his Carnegie hall performance, which this, it almost feels like this movie had to be scripted because it's so beautifully dramatic in every way. And it earns every ounce of that. And um, I, I love this movie so much. It like, it's just so emotionally stirring and devastating and beautiful. And for like many different reasons, but wow, it was a great one. He did the music for soul too, right? He did the music. He won an Oscar for soul. That's yeah. right. This That's doesn't right. even mention wow. like that part, but it just mentions like he won like, cause he then like after that is when he dominated the Grammys. And, gotcha. um, but, uh, like, yeah, it's just such a straight, like, it goes through that and it goes through, like, the private moments. And there's a part of me that is always cynical about this in a construction of a documentary. Like, the directors yeah. are like, hey, let me get you that shot of uh, YouTube, like, hugging in the hospital bed again or something like that. And I wonder, like, how much of that was constructed and how much of it was emotionally beautiful. Either way, it picks it up perfectly. And, um, I mean, this is, like... It, like I think this like the Obamas know how to produce one hell of a documentary at this point. Like just keep higher ground, like turning these out because they're just wonderful. <laughs> My last three are like very close together, and we're fighting for the top spot. Um, we know one of them. Yes, and Oppenheimer, spoiler alert, got the top spot. It just, because I, 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 like, I, I tried to put these other two above it, and I'm just like, I just can't. Oppenheimer is just humming at a frequency that is just unbelievable. I feel like a basic bitch. Everyone's putting Oppenheimer as their number one, and I, 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 just, I couldn't not. I couldn't not, and it's just, you know, Nolan after, like, you know, being a weirdo about Tenet and people like, why are people going to theaters? I'm like, because the air is poisonous, dude. But like, you know, <laughs> and, but like, so I've been, I've been like knocking on Dolan and then all of a sudden he just comes out with this one three hours long, almost makes a billion dollars worldwide. Just bravo, Nolan. You just absolutely nailed it. Um, so that's my number one, just right off the bat. Um, number three is Anatomy of a Fall. Now, mm, just a quality. quick behind the curtain. Uh, Joe, you texted me just before my daughter was born saying, 
wow, Anatomy of the, Anatomy of the Fall was an interesting movie. And I was like, I would love to reply to this right now. <laughs> I, am into, I am heading into a room. But like, so I, I don't even think I realized. By the way, as a, and as you, as more of a legal expert, like I, um, I was just like, I really want to know what you think about this because, like, I mean, French law and American law very different. Um, well, and, and I was just gonna say, just as an aside, like it is the the stark difference is just, I mean, American law is very performative. But French law is performative <laughs> as fuck. Like it is to a whole nother level. Um, and that was fascinating to, to see from, you know, especially just the, the tradition of, you know, how the, the court sits and how they get up and they're moving their arms and they're putting on a performance. And you, know, <laughs> you can just quickly stuff. ask the defendant uh, something like in the middle of a And so I was just like, boy, if this is like fictional and this is not actually how like the court works. I'm okay with this fantasy world because it's so much more dramatic than we get in American courtroom. But um, I, I love this movie. I love what it sort of said about the law. We don't know if she did it or not. Literally, the website for this film is didshedoit.com, and you can just click yes or no. And um, I, I, I love it's, – it's brilliant, brilliant marketing. And I really love this movie. It was beautiful. It was stunning. I think that um, all the performances were great as – and I, my favorite one, of course, was the supporting character, the prosecutor, who was just an absolute <laughs> heel, but exceptional. And he's just like, he has this look of like, a, a, he's like a skinhead almost. And he, mm. like, but he like just looks so oh, bitter. And I, I really like love this movie. I just heard a discussion about it on a podcast again. And I'm like, you could talk about this movie forever and you could just go around in circles for a while. There's so, so much to it. It, I, mm. I love that one. And my number yeah. two is, uh, oh, I suppose I said the, ki the kid. Uh, oh, yes. I just looked at his name, Miley Machado Grana. It, is that like one of the best child performances of all time? Because not only is the kid blind, but the, his scene of him listening to the parents argue and then re recounting that in court, I was, re I have goosebumps thinking about it now. Like that yeah. to me, like his performance in a movie of like, performative performances, <laughs> which is a fantastic describing word. Uh, <laughs> it's, it, it, he stands out and that's tough to do. Like he's incredible. It's, it's a great pick. Yeah, I, I, if, if I was blown away by this one. I just really loved it. And so, like, that one was fighting with the top spot with uh, Past Lives, which um, mm. just emotionally wrecked me in every way. Uh, first oh. time director. I don't know how that's possible with this. I mean, like, let her direct everything now. Mm -hmm. um, this movie is just so subtly beautiful. Um, and this, like, I remember it, it was such a shame because it was like, you know, Past Lives, best film of the year right now. And then, like, a, I mean, a week or two later, Oppenheimer came out. And I was just like, son of a bitch. Like, like, I, I did not know what to do. And so, but Past Lives is just, like, absolutely stunning, amazing performances. Um, and just, like, really just good human moments that you catch. And I like that this is going to be, I mean, from its performance or from its uh, nominations in the Globes, I was worried about this one being skipped out for a lot of uh, Oscars. Mm. I think it's actually going to do pretty well, which, yeah. you know, fingers crossed yeah. on that. But uh, uh, man, oh man, love that movie. It made my top 10. Like, I yeah. love that movie. Did you see it? Did you see it on screen or did you see it in a, with an audience? Or? I saw it in a theater. So that scene where they right. flash back to them at night as kids, like just that editing right there, just like Incredible. so good. Yeah. There was like that whole last 10 minutes that you could just hear literally everyone going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like just sniffles. It, like, it was, it was such, it, it's a fantastic movie. Oh my God. And it's handled so mature because, like, I, I imagine myself, like, if I had an old flame come back, it's like, no, I'm choosing my wife. She's amazing. She's the best thing ever. 
But it would still emotionally fuck me up. I just oh, heard Sam. Like, Damn right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should have seen her when I described the plot to Anatomy of a Fall. She was just like, uh, a wife might have killed her husband. She kind of smiles at me for a second. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's not a documentary. And you're like, no, yeah, it's not. Like, go see that one with you. <laughs> she's like, hold on one second. Tell me again. What is? Yeah, what, well, how'd, how'd she get away with it? <laughs> Um, past lives is definitely outside of my top 10. I like right outside. It's like honorable mention. Um, it's there, Sean, I'm looking at your list from before, (laughs) which is probably going to piss you off. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yep. But the, the two that bounced out, what's interesting is American symphony moved up for you. But yeah, I kinda, that was something where I, 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 all of a sudden I just changed my mind and moved it up. But I also knew that was going to happen because the way that you were talking about it, I was like, he loves this movie. <laughs> um, and it made sense. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret, and How to Blow Up a Pipeline. You were huge on How to Blow Up a Pipeline for a oh, while. Good movie. Oh, how to Blow Up a Pipeline. I love that movie so much. And I'm so happy that everyone in that cast is like starting to get work. Yeah. Because that mm-hmm. is just such a... That is like my best. I think that was my best ensemble cast. Like I, I or no, I think I put Barbie on there, but uh, like pretty close to it was How to Blow Up a Pipeline, which I just love that movie. That just this Ocean's Eleven movie where like I'm rooting for eco terrorism. I don't like, <laughs> like it was just it was great in every way. I really love that one. But again, it's like the reason it's so great is because you are rooting for them. But again, they're complex characters where mm-hmm. you kind of at the same time go, some of the shit you're doing is not good, and like some of them are actually just assholes as well like it's, it's yeah. such an incredible like and that 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 uh how to block pipeline has my favorite cut of the year like editing cut is when they're trying to strap the the barrel and it falls and you get a split second look at how it falls on small small someone's ankle and then it cuts to black and you just get the because it's told in chapters of the names that to me is my favorite cut of the year like i was i my heart stopped when i saw that and then i was like and you're taking me away from that right now like it is uh, it knows tension well they had a few of those forest good luck is just like hammering away at a bomb and it explodes and they cut to another scene (laughs) so well put together so tense it's very interesting like that type of approach and the intention behind that i love um just running through it fast my number five is oppenheimer for all the reasons that we've discussed before (laughs) uh this was my number one for a while and i I will i will tell you that uh, there was this was a year where films released later really like i was on a good tear for a while where i'm like oh this is great this is great like what a good late like latter year for later latter in the year good second half of the year for film um it was excellent there's so much that was quality and you know a lot of that started with the philadelphia film festival uh for me so you know props to them they did a great job programming but i had such a great festival and walked out of that with a couple films that i was like these are two of them made my top five so um number four which is one of them being the holdovers i absolutely adore this movie it is a new christmas classic in my opinion um, Paul Giamatti, this is my favorite performance of his ever. Um, Dominic Sessa, as you know, a first-time actor, was just phenomenal. And Devine Joy Randolph brought the house down with like a very subtle but emotional performance. And um, she's just a powerhouse performer. Uh, There's the moment where um like the, the first time we see her is when like we find out her like son died mm-hmm. in the war. And mm-hmm. she kind of like she's mentioned it, she shouted out, and she has this sort of like deep guttural eye roll that's like kind of like i don't really want to do this right now but also like thank you for doing this and yeah that's all just in a facial expression we don't hear her talk until a few scenes later yeah and i kind of love like i'm like okay so we're she's on another level right here she's so yeah. good 
She's so good. Um, number three is a movie that utterly destroyed me hours after I saw it. Um, and this is All of Us Strangers. Oh, I still um, see this one. All of Us Strangers is an odd movie. To I'll, I'll preface it with that. Like it's a, it's an odd movie, and it's not exactly what you expect it to be. Um, but it is yeah. incredibly well acted from Andrew Scott and Paul Mescal, and even Jamie Bell and Claire Foy are phenomenal in this. Um, and it's a very small cast. I think there's only like maybe two or three others that are credited in the film. Mm. Um, it, it is a very, very emotionally wrought time bomb. Um, and it's it's fascinating because as someone who's surprised, someone who identifies as gay, you know, watching this film and some of the conversations that are had, you know, for instance, you know, part of it is Andrew Scott conversing with his parents in the in a scenario. Um, and that was just really fascinating because the stuff that was touched on was very familiar. And I think a lot of people watching that are uh, from the LGBTQIA community or probably I probably do identify with a lot of that. But it was handled so gingerly and so well, um, gently and well, I would rather say. Uh, but I just it, it's one that I thought about a lot after I left. And I remember the it's one of the few films this year where the credits rolled and everyone just sat there. And it was yes. like, what the fuck? With the exact watch? same thing. We I saw it at a sold out screening of the Brisbane Film Festival, and it was the same thing. No one moves for about a minute, two minutes tops. And the last time that happened uh, in a screening I was at was another Paul Mescal film, After Sun. Oh, right? yeah. So it's just yeah. one of those movies where you kind of just go, I don't know what to do right now. Yeah. That's a very interesting comparison because I would say that one of the last movies I remember hitting, like improving in my mind after I saw it because of how much I was thinking about it and how much it stuck with me was after sun. Totally. Uh, that's, that's pretty fascinating, but this is just, it's a phenomenal movie. Sean, I can't wait for you to see it because it's, yeah. it's a very yeah. interestingly constructed story. Um, mm. And it's unique in a lot of ways. So I'm very fascinated to see what you think. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see this one. I mean, those are two of like, you know, the, the most up and coming famous actors that yeah. I just absolutely love. I do remember like Andrew Scott, of course, famous for being hot priest and flea bag, but also famous for being the guy I wanted them to stick with in 1917. Yeah. I was like, you these assholes. <laughs> like, I want to chill with this character for the rest of the war. This is the man. Yes. <laughs> he yes. has already lost his mind. Let's do this guy. But, oh man. I, yeah, I, I can't wait to see that one. I Number hope he gets an Oscar nom. I hope he gets an Oscar nom. He he deserves it. He absolutely deserves the nom for that movie. There are there are seven a, a, um, actors right now that should be getting nominated, and two of them, when they don't get nominated, it's going to be a horrific snub. So yeah. I don't know what to like. It, it's going to be the it's this is the hardest best actor in a Tough. very long time. I also think uh, Andrew Hyde should be in that conversation as well for directorial because it mm -hmm. is just it's remarkable. It's a beautiful looking movie too. The way yeah. the way he's able to go through different times i guess you could say is is incredible yeah yeah um the my number two is one it was a late addition to the list uh but it is a movie that absolutely fucking floored me when i watched it uh and it's society of the snow oh um, man. Seen it this yeah. weekend baby it's out today <laughs> oh we can thumbs up now on here apparently <laughs> oh wow <laughs> everyone tried to thumbs up hold on are you on a mac by by oh, chance i am I've heard of this, but we, we can talk but about it offline. StreamYard, but I... it's not like what now it's not doing it. That was weird. Anyway, um, <laughs> this is about the it's a 19. It's based on the if you've seen the movie Alive, you know the yeah. story. Um, this is the story of the 1972 plane Uruguayan Air plane crash 
that was chartered to take a rugby team to Chile for a tournament. Um, and it crashed in the Andes and chaos ensued. And if you know the story, this isn't a spoiler, um, but if you know the story, they uh, end up cannibalizing the dead. Uh, and it is, but the way that this is shot, the way that the silence is used, that emotion is just raw throughout every close shot, far shot, like eye stare, everything about it, every character, it is just phenomenally done. And uh, this is J.A. Bayona, who <laughs> is just the master of catastrophe stories. Yeah, uh, he he knows what he's doing. And I saw our friend uh, Jared J. Buck, friend of the pod. Uh, I think he watched it this morning because it hit Netflix as of today, recording day. Uh, and he said, um, alive walked so society of the snow could run. <laughs> and that's very much how I feel. I mean, they're both good movies. Society of the snow is just, to me, it's it's damn near perfect in my mind. Um, and I'm very, very excited for this to potentially be an upset at the Oscars. Well, they're calling it the all quiet on Western front of this year where yep. like people are just like, what's going to wow. be the best international film. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, Netflix that didn't know they had this amazing movie on their yep. hands. Just like absolutely dominates. And how I'm, do you I'm... not know? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> Netflix. Cause Netflix doesn't know how to run an Oscar campaign to save their life. <laughs> like, they just don't like Netflix is just like all quiet on Western front. They could have, like they won more Oscars than any other, almost any other. They literally, <laughs> they're, like, they're what? like, "Oh yeah, that movie." <laughs> like, um, you want to watch? Wait, White we, Noise? we submitted that one. What the <laughs> fuck? <Yeah. laughs> um, I, I am like with like I with the impossible. Like that movie grossed mm. me out more than anything in the world, and so I'm very curious to see yeah. like how this movie's gonna like handle these things. And you know, I was that, that was my one concern. It's like this movie looks beautiful in the trailers, but I know the subject matter and. I'm I'm very nervous about how intense this is going to be, but you know what? I'm so in. I'm so in for this movie. It's I would say respectfully intense, yeah. if that makes sense. Um, That's good. I mean that that like you'd have to be, otherwise you just yeah. <laughs> otherwise it's a problem. And I I was I did a lot of reading afterwards on it because I was just like oh, like there's one one thing in particular. I was like, was this real? Like did this and like spoiler yes. Um, mm -hmm. but there's. Nice. there's a character in there that they that they focus on and part of the reason that they really focus on this character and it's the narrator ends up being the narrator he bayona made this comment or bayona made this comment that there was he there was so much said about the living and those who survived and the living survived because of the dead in a lot of ways in a mm. lot of ways quite literally and, yeah yeah quite literally and so he wanted to continue to give voice to those who had passed and the way they do that in the film is just it's it's fantastic and there's there's just i can't wait to talk about it sean when yeah. you actually see it because it's there's so many small choices that are made that just continue to stick with me to this day i might actually watch it again it's like <laughs> and for those of you who are out there like saying or about to ask does it have subtitles Get yes, it has <laughs> subtitles, and fuck off if you're missing half of the great cinema in the world if you're not watching movies with subtitles, and you get used to it very quickly. You figure out what works for you mm -hmm. uh, in terms of reading and watching, and it is just a, a mesmerizingly fantastic story that is told. Charge your phone in another room. Um, do what my wife's doing, where she found an Instagram account where there's a, a different series of uh, cheese dips. And so every weekend she's going to make a new cheese dip that pairs with a certain wine. And um, pretty much like, I was just like, Oh, so that's my week. That's my next few weeks. And I couldn't be happier. So we're going to watch the side of the snow. With some cheese oh, dips I was wine. like, how does that connect to society? Uh, the snow? Yeah. 
That's what I thought of her. I was like, where does when this she, up? When she said, like, that, that's not what I thought. Which is like, well, we're going to be sitting down with wine and cheese dip. And I was like, movies. <laughs> <laughs> so we're watching Good Grief and Society of the Snow. Double feature. Oh, God. Good Grief. I forgot about that one. That's coming yeah. out tomorrow, Ooh. baby. Is that Ooh, tomorrow? That. I think so, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I'm going to lose my mind about that one. Um, the last one. This is my number one. And I... <laughs> Wait, I'm... can we say it all together? <laughs> Ready, set, Wonka. Don't burn. Movie. Come guzzling movie, right? That's the uh, sorry, salt burn. Salt burn. Sorry. The best um, way to clean a bathtub. <laughs> I so there's so much that I love about this movie. I love the performances. I love Emerald Fennel. I think she stuck the landing with this movie, whereas I thought Promising Young Woman did not, in my opinion. Um, but I love that this is an unhinged film and it leans all the way into those aspects. There are so many different pieces of this that are just insane. Um, but it is, it's memorable for those reasons, uh, as well as for the last five minutes. And, uh, Sophie Baxter Ellis is now getting uh, a lot of attention for murder on the dance floor. <laughs> rightfully so. Cause that's a banger that I listen to in the car on a regular basis. <laughs> Um, but no, I absolutely love this movie because I went into it not knowing what it was going to be. And it took me on that cinematic ride that I always look for in a film. And I remember walking out of it and just being like, oh, God, did I love that movie? I think I love that movie. Uh, and seeing Barry Hogan in such a different role from his last one prior to that, which was uh, Banshees of Inisherin. Uh, and then seeing Jacob Elordi just, you know, after seeing him in Priscilla a month ago and then seeing him or, you know, I guess I saw Priscilla after. But thinking about it now, seeing him in Priscilla and then seeing him in Saltburn, uh, I think that he's just a really great up and coming actor that's very versatile. Um, and I, I love, I, you know, I love this movie before it came out on Amazon Prime, but seeing the reaction the reactions. and how that weekend TikTok was like all Saltburn. Um, yeah. I was losing my mind. It was so much fun to watch, uh, to see. And I, I just absolutely love this movie. I've watched it like three times now. I'm waiting for my wife to watch it on Amazon one time where she caves and watches <laughs> it. I don't know. After I told her how weird it was, I don't know if she will, but, um, I, 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 I don't know what she'll feel about it. Um, but I, I, I like this. I like this movie a lot. I really did like this movie a lot. I didn't expect to, um, there's just some st stunning scene work in this. Mm. I mean, Rosamund Pike is amazing. Richard E. Grant is great. So good. It's just like it, it carries on its actors with a with a writing script that was clever enough. Yeah. And mm. um, just like by the end, you're just shocked and then you're shocked again and then you're shocked again. And, you know, you wonder, is it going to go that far? It, like and then it does. And I think that, you know, she's a very talented filmmaker. I love that this is divisive. I love that this is no, same. I, was, I meant to say that. I love I, that people are like, I love it. I hate it. I love, you know, uh, next best best picture, which is one of my favorite podcasts. They do like two hour movie reviews. The the, the ratings range from like 10 to five from all the people that were discussing so people good. like, and I, I loved that. I loved the discussions they had and I agree with everybody. I was like, yeah, no, I get why you're that mad. I get why you're loving this movie. Like I, I, it, I kind of love that span that they have, but. And I'll also tell movie. you that if you watch it a few more times, um, a few more times watch it again <laughs> just one more time um there's there's a lot of foreshadowing in it that i missed oh, yeah. the first time and when you watch it a second you're like oh oh yeah oh and carrie mulligan please so there's good. some one-liners in this movie that i like want written on my grave and i'm referring to a grave for a reason how, how many times have you watched it now jack four Okay, can I? I gotta ask a question. I gotta ask a question. Mm -hmm. There's a scene in, where they're having lunch. It's one of the first first uh -huh. times Oliver's in Saltburn, and they're talking about a poet who talks about a doppelganger. Uh huh. 
do you, you remember the scene I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Did you look out the window during I the scene? I did. I did. Do you think, do you think that's Oliver? Do you I think, think that, have a look closely at the person who walks by the window and tell me that doesn't look like Barry Keegan. Now, whether, what that has to do with the plot, I don't know. But I, I remember that from the cinema. I was watching like, oh, they're talking about Doppelganger. I'll pay attention to this. And then they're like, and then he walks by a window and someone walks by the window. And I was like, that looks like fucking Barry Keegan right now. I, I don't know whether that's playing on anything intentionally. But Well, I was... there, is an, there is another scene, or and maybe it's the same scene we're talking about, but Jacob, there's a, a, a Jacob Elordi looking character that walks by. There is as well, yeah. And so there's, a, there's just a lot going on. There's a lot the going on. I, I just wanted love. to see what you thought of it. Because I was yeah. like, yeah, it's interesting. I no one's brought it up. It's great to see the reunion of Rosamund Pike and Carrie Mulligan from yes. 2009's An yes. Education, which like, oh, yeah. I, remember, I was just like, an education reunion. And everyone's like, what are you talking <laughs> like, about? Like, shut up, Sean. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I saw that in the, the artsy theater in college. Cool. <laughs> All right. So we're winding down here. Uh, and we're going to play a quick game for the last couple of minutes. And I, the way this is going to work, I'm calling it in or out. And what I want you to do is respond to the prompts that I'm going to give you and tell me when, when I ask you a certain topic, for instance, you know, uh, headphones, are you in or out on them for 2024 or for 2024? These are all movie related. We're not talking about headphones, but I want to know quick, 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 your reaction. I'll call, I'll call you out and I want to hear your quick reaction and quick reasoning for it. Ready? Let's do it. In or out in 2024, more Willy Wonka movies, Sean. Oh, out. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I, like, I, I don't know if we, I don't know, man. He starts a candy company. Like, I, I understood that, like, in this one, he's happy, and then he gets darker when he becomes Gene Wilder. And so maybe we could see that moment where he breaks bad because that hasn't happened yet. He's like just starting the factory and everything. So we we've only seen season one of Breaking Bad and season five of Breaking Bad. That's coming so to AMC see, soon. Let's see <laughs> what we can get in there in the middle. And so for that, maybe there's something interesting. Like I don't know, Noodle falls into the chocolate and dies, and so like and then he has to deal with that. And so I like maybe that's how that works. Noodle. But, poor noodle um but uh yeah I, I i don't need more of these i i was i i was not as upset by this movie as you but i definitely also was not as high on it as other people were and i'm trying to figure out why people were so into it and you know what hey everyone's got their thing and i love the paddington movies so i'm i'm paul king hive on that but it just didn't really work for me, and I don't know what other people saw in it. But congrats for people loving things. Congrats. Good. Well, and, and and for that take, Sean, Nick, in or out, more Willy Wonka movies. In if it's the horror film equivalent of what Sean was saying. I want to see fucked up Willy Wonka. Uh, similar to like how we have Winnie the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, oh, and we've got Steve yeah, really coming out this year. That's the Wonka I want. Uh, more Paul King ones, maybe in a couple of years, but no, not no. Not for 2024. And it's funny that you bring up the horror movies because the next one, for instance, uh, and just for the record, uh, for all the reasons said, I'm out on Willy Wonka. Get him the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, the the next one is horror movies based on Disney characters. We had Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. We have a Peter Pan one that I don't think came out yet, but is coming out. There's coming a out, yeah. Steamboat Willy, two of them actually in the works. Uh, Nick, uh, what do you think of these horror movies based on Disney characters? Uh... <sighs> My heart says in because I love excuses for drinking alcohol at the movies, um, but out because they suck. Yeah, they do suck. Out, I, yeah. Like, there's, you can watch them with your friends. And I wanted to do that with Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. I really, me and a mate went and saw them. We were like, let's rip the fucking shit out of this movie. And then we both sat there and were like, this is fucking shit. Like, and we knew that going in. So I think I was angrier because I felt like I played myself. Uh, so out, get rid of them. 
Yeah, I'm with they're you not there. clever. They're not clever because no. they're, they're just the, the whole premise is what if Winnie the Pooh is a murderer? They don't really add anything else to it that's complex. And exactly. so that's all it is. It's a dude in a yellow mask, like <laughs> killing people. And I'm just like, I was kind of like, I it would be interesting to see like the fucked up version of this. So I'm in if they, I don't know, maybe take a breath, like actually develop a story. But like the rights for Steamboat Willie just came out and they're just now like had like, you know, this like, so they're rushing it just to make something for like this comedic sake and it does not work so stupid it's so stupid um all right next one here uh concert movie releases like taylor swift's the eras tour or beyonce's renaissance sean in or out well i haven't seen either of these movies um but i will say i'm more in for the beyonce ones because i think that though that's more of a documentary I think just the concert film type of thing is, you know, hey, uh, well, actually, I, I should walk back that because I did see a concert film this year and it was Stop Making Sense, Stop making sense. Um, which was such an awesome re-release. And <laughs> oh, my God, what an amazing concert film. So, you know what? Like, if they're going to be like that, cool. But I don't think they spend too much time on them. Like, I respect Taylor Swift. I respect what she did this year. She she and Margot Robbie won the year. Congrats. Like, you just, like, absolutely mm-hmm. dominated in, like – all of your songs were playing on the radio and they weren't even new songs. Like you just heard me, like, <laughs> yeah. like, I was like, cruel summer was like from like a couple of years ago, but it was the song of this summer. So congrats <laughs> for, to her. Um, like, but I, I don't know. I like a part of me says like, take your time with this, like really make something beautiful out of it. Like I heard the Renaissance movie is I yeah. once again, haven't seen it, but I've seen other Beyonce directed concert films that she made. I saw homecoming on Netflix and I thought that was spectacular. So mm-hmm. you know what? Like if she's going to like, if you're going to really put some thought into it, it would be great. Nick. Mine's mine's like a personal out. Cause I haven't seen either of them and like, I'm not going to go out of my way to see them, but my partner, she went and saw Taylor Swift. absolutely loved it. Wanted to see Renaissance, but she goes to the movies like three times a year, which, you know, <laughs> to be dating me, that's, that, is that a red flag? Um, <laughs> but I, I, I think in just for the sense that I, I think there is still a bit of a climb to come back from box office after COVID. Uh, and if there's an excuse to get more money into cinemas, to get them more confident to start playing things then shit. Yeah. Like if they're like, but I agree with Sean, if they're putting like a bit more artistic value into making a narrative around it rather than just a yeah. concert. then I feel, I feel like I'd be probably more intrigued to see them myself. I agree with both of you. I, I do like that it's getting more people back into the theaters and hopefully while they're there to see Taylor Swift or Beyonce, they're recognizing that they enjoy the experience and will continue mm-hmm. to look for reasons to go back. But don't uh, start dancing in the air last scene of Saltburn just because you like murder on the dance floor. Like that does that's not an excuse to jump up. Oh, just, oh, yes, it is jump. for that one. For that jump. one. For, it's been out too. Yeah. <laughs> Joe was dancing in the same attire that Barry Keogh had in that last <laughs> yeah. scene. So you know. Like, <laughs> Well, congratulations to you. Uh, <laughs> I have no comment. Uh, in or out, going back to Nick here, Jared Leto. Oh, was he in this year? <laughs> Fuck off. Get out. Sean. Go climb another building. <laughs> like, he's Fucking the personification of the sphere in Vegas. I, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, it's like, I don't know what you're doing, man. Like, I... <laughs> Listen, he like he's I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm out. Like, he's got 30 seconds to Mars back together and they performed yeah. on Dick Clark's near near's Rock and Eve or whatever. And I was sitting there going, Oh, this brings me back to college. I was like, I'm okay with you here, but just stay away from my films. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Like I like early 30 seconds to Mars too. I was flirting around with buying tickets for their Australian tour. 
so expensive so no <laughs> but um but like yeah for movies uh you're out buddy see yeah. you later all right sean two more to go sean chris pratt voicing animated movie characters <laughs> he's gonna do more we need to accept it like he's gonna be in more of them i think he's got like he's just got universal by the balls and so like whenever there <laughs> yeah. is a like a character he is going to be the voice of it it's the Garfield did did a trailer come out for that and did I avoid it or not? Yeah, I, no, the tra- trailer drops earlier this week. Yeah. I think something drops okay. in regards to it. Yeah, because something like came out. I remember just saying, "No, I'm not going to look at this." And you know what? I mean, it wasn't the worst part of like Mario. I mean, everything else about Super Mario was the worst part of Mario. <laughs> like, I was actually kind of okay. He's just like, "Oh, he's just talking regularly." I enjoy when Chris Pratt was in the voice in Onward, where he was playing Fat Pratt, yeah. and I think like you know, let's face it. We've all loved Chris Pratt the best when he was Andy in Parks and Rec. Um, Chris Pratt, you know, don't do your sit-ups anymore. Eat some snacks and just be the like the big chubby charming guy that we loved in lovable yeah. goofball. Eat yeah, some that's snacks. Eat he's some like snacks. the Scarlett Johansson of animated character voicing. Like he's yeah. gonna do. I'm surprised he didn't do like. Uh, is there a female character in uh, The Boy and the Heron? I'm surprised he didn't voice that. Like he's going to be pushed there's... into everything just for the hell of it. I think you know what Ghibli sometimes lets some things pass when it comes to the uh, like casting of the uh, dubs. <laughs> I don't think they'd let Pratt, Pratt pass. So like, they'd be like, nope, 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 nope. Uh, Nick, in or out? Uh out. I like. I wish I cared more. To be honest, I mean, I hear Chris Pratt, and I'm like. Cool, man. You know, Garfield might be the last, the last chance. I'll give him one more shot. And if I am not emotionally moved by animated Chris Pratt, he can go. That's See a later. high bar you're setting there. I think, I think you already have your answer to that. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> Predetermined. You are, you do know the future. Um, final thing. We'll start here with Nick, uh, and this one might destroy all of our channels depending on how we respond. Um, <laughs> in or out for 2024 the mcu uh out but i'll let it come back a few in a few years time it needs a breather years time in a few well oh, like 2025 26 is fine but let's just take a year everyone just needs a break you know what there's a reason we have half time and quarter time in sports because everyone gets tired the people watching it and the people playing so let's all just take a fucking second chill out have some gatorade and then come back fresher for a, a dominant second half that's what i say i love how you think that i get tired watching football <laughs> <laughs> must be tiring watching we, the pats recently no i'm kidding you know what no it's not i'm lazy on the couch there is nothing interesting <laughs> happening i say I'm that the eagles are shitting the bed left and right but <laughs> sean in or out on the mcu i'm just unfortunately out this year was the year that broke me this year was the year that broke yep. me with like superhero fatigue think about Same. the good marvel movies and they are movies that you know are guardians of the galaxy which is done like and mm-hmm. I like I can't even think of any other it. ones that were that great. Really, I mean, the other Marvel movie that was good was Across the Spider Verse, and that's not mm-hmm. really an MCU Marvel movie. And that's so cool. at this point, I like you look at the crop of like they're just forcing this Avengers stuff. If they just started to do like you know some single stuff where like you know single story things and keep like superhero movies in their own boxes instead of desperately trying to connect everything. I just finished the season of What If and um like that's not even like even marvel fans hate that but like i there's like one episode that's spectacular and the rest of it is kind of garbage and it's such a bummer and like i i echoes coming out in a little bit and i'm excited to see what that's going to be but mainly because 
that's separate from everything else. <laughs> so like I, I that's all for I now. want is just yeah for now, and then they're gonna try to connect <laughs> yeah. it. And I, I mean, I I'm worried about it really. Like it's just like I, nothing about it in, uh, intrigues me, unfortunately. I haven't watched a Marvel TV show since the first episode of Miss Marvel. Mm. Miss Marvel was good just, too. I liked Miss Marvel, and it was good. Actually. It was yeah. great. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but even at that point, I was like, ah, do I need to? And then I watched the Marvels and get I didn't need to so (laughs) well that's unfortunate because you almost did need to and that's the problem is because like those characters in the marvels like her family is fantastic in the marvels and they didn't get that foundation or because she was the best part of the marvels right like in my opinion she was absolutely the best part of the marvels but yeah it's more amazing in the show and so like i when i'm watching the movie i'm like boy if people didn't watch the show they know what's going on they know it's her family it's not like they leave out plot points but you get so much more of the heart in the uh show I don't. I, I have like an innie and an outie on this, if you will. Um, I don't. I, I don't know. Like I'm hopeful. I want to be hopeful, but they've just burned me so many times that. Um, and, and of course, I because I have to be an outlier here, not intentionally, but just because of what I end up liking. I I want them to do more of the obscure shit that we asked for, and then shit on when it happens. You know, like try the eternal stuff. Like try those yeah. the what you were setting up with the celestials and all of that. Uh, don't keep going back to these major team ups just because you think that's what everyone wants. Everyone wanted it when it was new and fresh. Uh, now they want you to like refocus on good storytelling because we've lost that. I, for one, liked the Marvels a lot. I had a really good time with it. I was very mm-hmm. surprised that I would or that I did. I thought it did a great job in serving as a sequel to uh, Captain Marvel. I thought Iman Vellani was wonderful. Um, I knew that like something like that uh, post credit scene was coming, but it still like got me excited. Um, but I still don't know what they're doing oh, yeah, with it. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Sorry, I had to think for that. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck was that one? Yeah, what was yeah, that yeah. one? Um, but you know, like I, I just I hope that they. I, I like the idea of taking a break, like just regroup, take yeah. your time. I'm hopeful that that's what's going to work for or going to play in DC's favor. Is that time is going to pass between. Um, Aquaman and the law lo- the last dollar. Um, and uh, you know, the the reboot in 2025 with Superman starting. I mean, I'm very hopeful for that because I love DC characters better, like more than uh Marvel, but I'm hopeful that that time will give us a little bit of time to breathe and then want that again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and I think that's what Marvel needs. I agree with you, yeah. I mean, like we just heard the news, Stephen Yun is out mm-hmm. in whatever character that he was going to play, and so right. we're going to hear about this more. I mean, we heard like Sersha Ronan passed up in the Black Widow character, um, mm-hmm. that Florence Pugh took, and so we're going to get some of these notes notices. And unfortunately, it's just going to look worse and worse. Do you know what's even funny about that? Stephen Yun has said he dropped out of a Marvel role that he was never officially confirmed for by Marvel. Mm-hmm. Oh, this Marvel exactly never came out and said he was, and then he's like, Oh, yeah, no, I'm out of this movie, and we're like, <laughs> yeah. So why were we never told? Like we knew everyone else. So, hey, hey, that's another story. For this is day, the Fantastic but... Four where like, I'm not going to know. I'm not going to believe any rumor until I watch the trailer. <laughs> totally. Like, and yeah. it's funny because I wonder, like, I feel like to talk about that for a second, not confirming these roles is starting to work against them. I, I want to feel like, I, I believe that their intent was we'll have people discussing it and theorizing and it keeps the excitement going. Now people are just fucking pissed off. Like, tell us who the Fantastic Four. Where's Mephisto? Where is... No, you know, like, like, (laughs) stop doing this. Like, you can only tease so much without delivering. And that's Mm -hmm. where they're at right now is where they are a cock tease and they are not delivering. Yes, 100%. So, 
Um, anyway, Nick, thank you so much for joining us today. It was great <laughs> to have you back. <laughs> no, Nick, honestly, though, uh, I've, I've had an absolute blast in doing this with you for the past month and a half, two months, whatever it was. Yeah. I appreciate you stepping in for, for Sean when we were talking about who we wanted to like have step in and what we were going to do. I was like, we should get Nick. And Sean was like, that's a great idea. We should yeah. get Nick. Um, uh, well, I appreciate that very, very much. I thank you for having me on. Uh, and I hope the audience enjoyed it a little bit at least as well. But uh, anytime you want me back, uh, I'm happy Absolutely. to come back. But obviously, I'm incredibly happy that Sean's back too with, uh, with a healthy child. Uh, and I'm excited to listen to listen to the show once more as a fan. You know, because <laughs> once you learn how the sausage is made, fuck, it's a bit of a different... No, I'm kidding. It's, oh, it's oh no, it is. You're right. No, no. <laughs> When I start to hear myself like talk about movies and stuff, I'm like, oh god, this guy, fucking idiot! I'm like, it's me, it's, it's me, it's, it's me, me, Nick. Um, <laughs> no, Nick, this won't be the last time we have you on. Obviously, let people know where they can find you. Everything's at Nick's Flix Fix on Instagram. I do video reviews there. I've got interview videos up there, but uh, NovaStreamNetwork.com as well is where all the, the big stuff happens. I dropped all my night swim interviews recently. Uh, please don't let the quality of the film to tell you from watching some actually, hopefully really good interviews. Uh, so uh, yeah, NovaStreamNetwork is where you find all that. Do we think Wyatt Russell's ever going to shave? <laughs> yeah, interesting. Hey, yeah. I, um, uh, what's he got the beard for? That's what I want to know. Is probably, it in Monarch? Watch Monarchs. So I don't know, but I mean, uh, <laughs> probably for Thunderbolts. Yeah. Oh, Thunderbolts. Um, yeah. Okay. That, so he's probably had to keep it. Oh, yeah, now they keep delaying it. They probably had to keep it for because it's he's looking shaggy. Like he's got a shaggy he's shit. got some hair on him. Yeah, he looks rough. Uh, Sean, how was your first podcast back? Was it everything you wanted it to be and more? This was just so great because right now I've been like sharing my movie opinions with Sheridan and she's not really happy about them. Yeah, <laughs> she like, she just, <laughs> yeah, she just vomits and like I'm just like Criterion Channel and like that was a mistake. <laughs> well, Sean, we're very happy to have you back. And for everyone listening, uh, two notes here. One is we are doing the, the Oppenheimer uh, digital code uh, giveaway. So please, as you're listening to this on uh, Tuesday, which will be what, the 8th, 9th? one of those days yeah. uh please go ahead and uh leave a comment wherever you listen take a screenshot and send it to guy at the movies on instagram or guy at the movies one at gmail.com we will be releasing new episodes uh in two in 2024 on tuesdays now uh as opposed to mondays so be ready for that make sure you subscribe wherever you listen so that you keep up to date and happy 2024 to everyone and to you two gentlemen welcome to the new year let's have some fun happy 2024. thank you all right. See you soon.